0: Welcome, everyone, to our Every Other Thursday podcast, where we cover the wide world of food service and hospitality. Our hosts cover both the relevant news of the moment, and we invite key industry experts in for conversations that are informative, enlightening, and entertaining. Every Other Thursday is an approximately 40 to 50-minute conversation presented bi-weekly by Tabletop Journal. Now, here's your host of Every Other Thursday, Dave Turner.
1: everyone, and welcome back to Every Other Thursday. This is our podcast on all things relevant in the food service and hospitality industry. By the way, this is episode number 35 of Every Other Thursday, and it's being recorded the week of March 18th, 2021. I'm Dave. I'm your host here at Every Other Thursday, and like always, I'm here with my colleagues Jay Alley and Greg cares Hi, guys. How are you doing? Hey. Great. great. Happy, happy. Another great week of Every Other Thursday.
2: Absolutely. Good.
1: Hey, I'm pretty excited to learn who our guests are going to be today. Greg, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about their guests? I don't know much about the particular area of the country that they're venturing into, but you do. So why don't you tell a little bit, tell our listeners a little bit, give them a little tease on who our guests are going to be today. Well,
2: they're Michael and Becky Lee. They are going to give a story about how their family... has been for generations in the Missouri area, about an hour, hour and a half west of St. Louis. And at one time, this was one of the biggest wine-producing areas of the United States, at least until Prohibition. And there's a revival going on there right now. Lots of people are. It's a it's a wonderful part of the country. Lots of people are looking at it. It's ripe for tourism. It's near some major metro areas such as such as st louis not too far from kansas city and other areas and uh, there's a lot there's a lot going on there and they have gotten it into their heads that they're going to open up a wine bar wolf and fairy is is the name in uh one of their uh, one of the properties that that's been in their uh, family for generations
1: Wow, that's, that, that, that's a great part of the world, I think, that I, and I know very little about, but I'm looking forward to learning a lot about it and uh, welcoming them here. But before we do that, as always, we need to get a little bit of business out of the way. And this week's episode of Every Other Thursday, as usual, is brought to you by Tabletop Journal. Tabletop Journal is where we celebrate the products, the people, and the places all in the world of hospitality tabletop.
2: I'm just so excited to jump in here this morning because these folks are doing this from their home in california so which is a major part of the story here that they're danger will
1: robinson danger
2: will robinson exactly yeah 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 (laughs) we're gonna hear all about that i bet yeah
1: well with that let's get becky and michael lee in here and give them a warm welcome a warm every other thursday welcome
2: welcome to every other thursday guys thank you for having us Good morning, Becky and Michael are special to us. We're very excited to have them here today because, with so many stories that we're hearing from food services of, of, about how food service operators, chefs are getting and and everyone else, suppliers are getting hammered because of uh, COVID. I mean, these are sad stories and they're very and they're very real. But Becky and Michael are actually looking forward to creating an operation and that concept really caught our attention and we're excited to talk to them this morning about how that all came about and where it might be going at this point. So with that, Becky and Michael, could you tell us a little bit about your backgrounds and you know who you are and and as a springboard how this all came about.
3: Sure, I'll actually I'm going to let Michael start with that mostly because it ties very deeply into his family roots and the history of his family. So,
4: well, so the background before we get to the the family roots of New Haven, Missouri. Becky's uh, in PR marketing and runs uh, her runs her own company in PR marketing. And I also have my own company in financial planning, retirement planning and you know, we're kind of spread out throughout the country with clients and what we do and and so that made just perfect sense to get into the restaurant business, of course. You know, I mean, why not? So it's hey, you know
1: writer. what, Michael, I'm going to interrupt you for a second. It's as good as any reason, right? Uh, it's as good and, as any. Other. We've heard worse.
4: Yeah, and, you know, it's. I think the difference with us is before we got into this is we talked a lot about it. And we we understand we don't know everything. We've never actually run a restaurant. You know, we've just worked within them probably in our high school years, college years, like anybody does, where you're a server or working at different, you know, food establishments, trying to get through school, but we enjoy food. We enjoy wines, obviously being from California, it is, you know, it, it's tradition out here. And we just also then when it ties into new Haven and where it's at, what it's trying to do, it just, it made sense that way. It made sense, not because it's a wine bar or it's food. It's just, it all kind of went together. And we think by taking our different skills we have with our backgrounds and we think we can then. We're great at listening to people. Uh, we've had conversations even with Greg already prior to this, just about the industry, and we have no problem asking for help. So it kind of led us to this. And
3: my and best, yeah, my best friend owns a bar, and he's he's owned a bar for almost twenty years now, and he had a restaurant in addition to the bar for five years. And he came over, he came over to have I, probably wine, and he was like, you know. Of any people in the world right now when and again like we're not trying to make light of the situation I mean we have so many friends that have been hit so hard by the pandemic but Chris said you know if anyone can if anyone can handle this and if anyone's going to open up a new restaurant or a bar or take on a new venture during covid it's you too he's like and you know, We believe in you. And so it was really nice to hear that because he knows how hard it is to be in this industry. And again, like Michael said, we have no problem asking for help. And we've been asking for help since the moment we decided we were
4: going to take this on.
1: Michael, you have a deep family connection to this, though.
5: That's
4: correct.
1: Tell everybody about that.
4: Yeah. So we're so my family, the connection to this, why New Haven, Missouri? Because again, probably everybody's going to wonder, California, you know, Central Valley, and you're in New Haven, Missouri. So I thought you were in Connecticut. <laughs> I, I, I'm probably gonna say there's there's plenty of places in between those two geographic areas that are probably a little closer to you, and so it is something more than just opening a wine bar or establishment. Is my family? So my family, my mom's side, they were uh, from France, and they they left France during the early 1700s. They were Huguenots, and if you know your history, this was during the time where Huguenots were being persecuted. And my family member that night found out that they were going to be executed the next day by the government, so they they got on a they went took their family left that night. They headed up to England, and uh, he went up there and actually married an English lady, uh, and then they came over to the United States. And he came over prior to the Revolutionary War and landed in Williamsburg area, and started raising a family there. And then uh, that family was called the Moppets. So Gabriel Moppin uh, was the ancestor that came over. And the Maupins ended up fighting in the Revolutionary War. Uh, he had a couple children, they fought in the Revolutionary War. And then those children actually then after the war immigrated over to New Haven, Missouri. And so that is how they are, the Maupins end up in New Haven. I don't know really why New Haven, Missouri, but that's just, I think at that time, that was pretty far West of what you consider the United States. And so they ended up there and they, his name was later B.F. Maupin, uh, my great, great grandfather built a, or bought a house on the missouri river in the early 1800s and it is owned by my family still my parents live there now in this house my mom and my dad and he had nine kids and one of those kids daughters had uh, Hat ended up marrying the uh, a family called the Graneman family they were a german family and that uh, immigrated to new haven from germany and they were ran a general store right on the river uh, back then, there was no levee. Ferry boats would literally just pull up right there to the store. His mom
3: has the most incredible photos of from back, like when the levee would or when the river would not overflow, but I mean, essentially, like the water just going into the street. Oh, it's crazy! And people literally walking off the ferry going to the general store, which Michael is talking about.
4: And so the Granemans yeah. and the Moppens ended up. Patty ended up marrying a guy Graneman, who is my Great grandfather. And so they got married. That's how the grandman and the Maupin family came together in that town. And then the grandmans were farmers and owned the store. The Moppins were the business people. Uh, but there's a picture we're going to probably put up in the wine bar, BF Maupin, sitting in the general store in a full you know, suit at the time where you'd be wearing it every day just sitting there. So this general store, this building on Olive Street, has been in our family since the beginning, since the early 1800s when the Granemans owned it. So it's never left our family. And so we, an opportunity came up for my cousin, Norm Graneman, who's been running it and owning it. Yeah, but he lives in Michigan and just different time in his life. And we actually, Becky and I were out there six months ago visiting my parents. And we, we were talking about my parents were looking to get more land. So we're like, well, let's call Norm and see what he's doing at this building. We called Norm and over a day, talking to him on the phone a couple of times, we said, all right, there it is. So we we bought the building and we didn't really know at the time what we were going to do. We just <laughs> want to do something. We want to do something. We want to keep the building in the family. We didn't want to have Norm have to sell it because his kids or somebody else in the family, we were going to stay connected. So at least keep it in the family. That was the first idea, which was a, sounded like a great idea at the time and and then probably I think on that trip, we went to the building a couple of times. And you know what? We were like, why don't we bring this back to the original form of the store? It you know, at current state it didn't look like the store originally. And we let's bring it back. And you know, we have a love for wine. We know there's a lot of wine in Missouri, and obviously the the family that's opening, I'm trying to think of their mm. name from Florida, you know, they're Hoffman family. Hoffman, Hoffman. Yes, yes, Hoffman in, Thank Augusta, you, Greg. in Augusta. Actually
2: they they're from the north shore of Chicago. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So they're originally, I think they're originally from Washington, which is why they then, who knows? But so this, we're excited
4: about. it. Yeah. Them. It's so this. I'm big on family, and I'm, I'm a history major. My, you know, I'm a big history buff, and so I just this is such a great opportunity. I think to have a building this long be in our family and continue operating, and it's also something for the town. I mean, the town is obviously knows the Moppins and the Granimans. So it was just, we feel like we're bringing something back. It's kind of, re- there's this article my family's sharing right now with a lot of people are going back to their roots, originally where, were, originally where their family's from. And we're definitely one of those families. My parents moved back there now. We spend a lot of time. We're going back out there in a couple of weeks. So it's, I think for us, it's just going back to our roots where everything started and kind of.
3: And there's, there's a, there's a lot of wine bars popping up in Washington which is one of the, you know, next closest cities and then in Herman which is again a huge wine community and they all have wine bars and much more, I don't want to say opportunity but they have a lot of other places for people to visit or drink wine or eat food and New Haven didn't have they don't have anything like a wine bar at all.
1: But you're but you both are in Stockton, California, is that correct? We are. That's correct. And that's that's actually, uh, I don't know if it's recognized as much, but isn't that a pretty big wine area, too? Oh,
3: it's, so we're Lodi, which is 20 right. minutes north of us. Yeah. Is that's King. where all the cool
1: wines are right now. That's a yes. hot, not coming to Lodi. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so so the, the wine thing makes a lot of sense.
2: Mm-hmm. I think so. So if I'm correct, stop me. If I'm not, you're about an hour, hour and a half west of St. Louis. And that area was, at one time, before Prohibition, one of the largest wine-producing areas of the country. And so I think things are coming back. I know it's a designated viniculture area, the Herman AVA, I believe. Is that correct, or what's going on out there?
3: Well, it's actually really exciting. I mean, I think timing is everything, right? And when you talk about the, the Hoffmans and their vision, which we've heard is, you know, kind of taking the concept of the Napa Valley and bringing it out to to Missouri and the Missouri wines. Right. Which for us, we think it's just incredible because they're just in, they're investing a significant amount of money that will only help everyone in the industry, whether whether it be a small wine bar like ours or a large winery that's doing tastings and wanting to learn more about wine or having more presence, if you will. So, I mean, we're excited about it.
5: So are you guys going to move from California to Missouri?
3: Oh, that, you know, we get that asked, asked that all the time. Not right now.
5: (laughs) Well, How do you do it that far away?
3: So his parents live a stone's throw away from the building, kitty corner. Mm -hmm. And we are going to lean heavily on making sure that we hire the right staff. And that's our number one focus, really is making sure that we have that team that understands the guest experience that we want to create, someone that's trustworthy that knows the community, all that good stuff. so
5: will somebody will somebody be from the family be there all the time?
3: His parents will they live there ten months out of the year and then we're gonna be there as much as we possibly can
5: you're you're right. I mean,
1: they literally are directly across the street, right?
3: yeah.
4: Yes. Uh, the house that I was speaking of beginning with is probably, you know, it's 10 feet to walk from the front door to the front door that well, probably more than 10 feet, probably 10, feet. 10 30 yards from more 30 yards from their front door, of their house <coughs> around the corner to the building. So, I mean, it, it is close by. The thing has been really, really not surprising, but just been pleasantly, you know, grateful for us is, you know, we're not from there originally. My family is and everybody knows the Moppins and Granumans. But, you know, we're not from there. and We don't want to be the outsider, especially, you know, you get that stigma, California. Oh, Californians are coming in. And, but we really want to do something for the community first. This was not about us to you have know, another
3: business, have another
4: business <clears throat> or to capitalize on what the Hoffmans are doing first. It was an opportunity because the, the downtown area is where this is in, and that's what we're, they're trying to really – you know, spend, revitalize, and it is being revitalized, but continue to put the resources in there. And so we we really have gotten an outpouring of welcome back from everybody. And you know, people have already tried to apply for jobs that we haven't even posted yet. So it's been very rewarding already to know that people are behind this without, and blindly, almost blindly behind this because they haven't really seen anything. They see the building getting worked on. But they don't know yet. They don't see pictures or, you know, there's nothing there really yet to show the new place. They know the name. And I, I think that goes back to that, kind of going back to the roots, how, you know, it's...
3: It's just different. The Midwest is different than California. Yeah. You know, I, I it just is. Like, we have a buddy or I have a friend out here. And again, just Michael and I talking about New Haven and visiting so often, I had mentioned to him that we were opening up a wine bar. And he's like, get out of town. My family's from New Haven. And he lives out in California. <laughs> And I was go. like, "What?" Yeah. And his aunt yeah. dropped off aunt or cousin I I can't remember, but anyhow, she dropped off a gift for Michael and I at his parents' house when she heard we were opening up the wine bar, and that she knew her a relative. Just like little things, like yep. you, you know, you don't hear of that happening, or at least we don't.
5: It's destiny. <laughs> we have a friend. I live in New York, Pennsylvania. We have a friend that has a a very successful restaurant not too far from the house, and he has a beautiful home in florida so he's there a lot so he set up tremendous amount of uh visual stuff where he literally can run his restaurant offline oh, i mean yeah. offline. but but the other thing is and david can chime in on this and not to be any kind of a downer i think you guys are going in the right direction but boy i can tell you uh i think if, if you should talk to your friend or maybe you already have but it's it's not easy uh, oh, no. to run it long distance because it's too much money passing hands, and it doesn't mean people are dishonest. But at the end of the day, the good news I think, listening to your stories, it's probably a small town, everybody knows each other, probably a smaller talent pool. But those people are probably very, very morally grounded. So the chances of getting a real crook into the mix of your employees is, is pretty small. But you got to be really careful with that, I would think.
3: Yeah, we have a couple friends who, you know, they just said, Make sure every single person that applies for any position just run run their names by us.
5: <laughs> sure.
3: 2,000 people in the town.
5: Yeah, you should be able to watch the registers in the kitchens by camera. Yep. Don't, don't don't start because my buddy told me when he Mr. first started. This is Cynic,
1: Jay, Debbie Downer. Come on. These people are passionate. They got to
5: fire. They got to. Jeez. I, I have a connection with my, His people are from, from France, and my people are originally from France, but they had to make a stop in to Canada. And very similar. My grandparents both had 13 children, each side of the family, my mother and my father identical number of kids so we kind of figured out what their off time was the hobbies they had well, I don't
2: know.
5: <laughs> I'm not so sure that they didn't consider that possibly a small mistake in the end because the yeah. thing is like you know, but it, the reality of it is I mean I think I think I mean, I'm sorry I don't mean to be hurt anybody's feelings but security and pilfering and the bad things that happen in restaurant business are just real so you got to be real careful. You guys are smart. You'll figure it out. It's not- yeah. And somebody 10 years ago jumped off a cliff when everybody told
1: me I was crazy to do what I was going to do. I, I I am right there with you. I, I think you sometimes have to take the leap. And and it's and, and I just had a conversation with somebody this morning. And I said, God forbid any of us have at the end of our lives any regrets that I should have could have would have and it sounds like you all Michael and Becky are really ready to go and you got that passion but interestingly enough the Stockton Lodi area that gives you a wine background right there
3: yeah we're very fortunate with the <clears throat> again the the people that we have in our circle and from wine education to just experiencing i mean we i don't even know how many wineries are in Lodi now but it's incredible
1: now now i'm just thinking as we're as we're talking about all this wine experience and everything if we just knew some place for you to get wine glasses let's see uh, i don't know good wine glasses but i don't know where i i don't know where we could. You want, champagne, you want
5: champagne flutes to light up we got all kinds of stuff okay.
1: No, we always got to get that shameless plug-in for Jay's company, stozel Glass. Uh, they make great stuff. It's been million years, whatever. But but the real – yeah, 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 Jay's doing the, doing the, the sign thing now. It, it is really important to have some affinity, certainly. And what I really like is that small-town connection. And you're bringing it home, and you're doing it for the right reasons. And you know what? When people do things – out of passion, and for the right reasons, generally, people rally around that. That's a real authentic mission, a purpose, if you will. Michael, I'm glad that story was a little lengthy and a little uh, to start off with, but I got to tell you. It puts everything in context. It really does. And it makes a big difference. That storytelling that you just did so well really is is a story. This isn't just some people who saw, bought a building on the cheap and thought they'd throw up a a wine bar in it. This has a lot of texture, a lot of character to the story. So God bless you.
3: When you walk into this space, I mean, granted, right now we're renovating. But when our last visit, I mean... They exposed. They, they, you know, they were tearing down to try to get it to its bones, and they exposed this one wood wall that's now going to be the back of our wine bar, and it has his great grandfather's handwriting on it from prices from the general store. So, like, those are the kind of things you. You it gives you chills, you know, and you and we. Get the opportunity to preserve that history.
1: Which so I, are we going to see you on some show like what is that show that's from Laurel, Mississippi, where that where the husband and wife, Aaron and Ben, do this uh, renovate all the homes in Laurel, oh, Mississippi? No. Are we going to see you guys on some show like that soon? Because I'm, that's know, really- I'm just
4: I am not camera ready all the time. That's the <laughs> problem. It's just I watch those shows and they just they're I don't know how they do it. So and
3: Michael's really <laughs> business savvy. Right, he was in the military for thirteen years, and then you know has run his family business for many years. He's really good at hiring people to build things, but he.
4: I, I'm def- I will be the first one to admit I am not the handiest, most <laughs> person. And it's kind of interesting. Listen, so. After asking him what kind of work
5: he was in, I thought he was a fly-by-night guy.
3: Yeah. Mm. <laughs> no, that's just to you know get his brain to calm down.
5: Talking about so how, how our friend runs his business from such a distance, the first thing that he did, which was critical, he, he, he was lucky enough to find a person that turned out to be a great manager of the operation. But the second biggest challenge he had, do you want to know what it was? He felt guilty about putting the cameras in the restaurant.
3: Mm. Oh, really? Really.
5: Yeah. David's met him. They're wonderful people. Very Friendly and like you guys, you come across. And he said, "Gee, I, I feel like I'm spying." But he said, well, "You know, there's no other way to do it." So, yeah, it, it worked out. They really didn't have any bumps. He spent, I think, a fair amount of money on the system. And but the big key to it is he's got a great manager. Yeah, and he, he can trust her with money and and all of that good stuff. So it works out good. So if you have the ability to, to find somebody like that, that that that's a key to it.
1: His, his third biggest problem was finding great wine glasses. Right <laughs> I, you
4: know, it's funny. I know somebody that. So (laughs) I got a guy, I got a guy, I got a guy. I bet you I could beat your guys' prices. know, <laughs> I, I don't know. He's he's hard to beat.
5: We're the factory. We can beat him. Trust me. Yeah.
3: <laughs> we'll have to get that contact information though from you
5: and yeah. uh, What we do is, especially for you guys, whenever we have a guest on the program, just get Dave your emails and the addresses, and I'll send you some of our stuff as a gift for being on the show. Oh, and you'll, you'll see the kind of quality we produce. We're we're about we're like Riedel, but we're 80% less money. All right. All right. All right.
1: With a commercial. Jeez. <laughs> people came on to talk about their wine bar.
3: Since we're shamelessly plugging, Greg, Greg, I you like gin, right? Oh, we I like about gin. This? I like okay. gin. So when you come out to visit us at our wine bar, you are also going to have to go around the corner to the distillery, Pink Me Bend, the best gin and tonic you will ever have in your life. Hand to God. I there think you I just
5: lost Greg. That's yeah. a pretty, that's a pretty <laughs> tall statement.
3: No,
2: it's so good.
3: So New
1: Haven's going to not only be the wine capital; it's going to be the gin capital now. That's great. <laughs>
2: well, that, that's a good segue, I guess, for our next uh, segment here. Uh, let's drill down to all the the, the nitty gritty: what it takes to start this operation and get it and keep it going, and what's going on in that town, and and how you're going to how are you going to attract customers.
1: Yes. Yeah, that's, yeah, we're getting carried away here with ourselves. we we got to keep an eye on the clock a little bit. But we're here with Becky and Michael Lee. They're going to be opening a new wine bar in New Haven, Missouri. And little did we know, Greg gave us a good fact earlier, that pre-prohibition, Missouri was the wine capital of America. Is that true? If not, number one, then very close to it. Wow. So we're going to hear a lot more about that and about the wine bar itself and some of the details. And interestingly enough, I want to also hear in the second segment, I want to hear about New Haven. Tell us a little bit about what New Haven, living in New Haven is like. Even though you don't live there, you're going there, your family's from there. Uh, it'll be great. We'll be back in just a minute with more of Becky and Michael Lee.
0: This episode of Every Other Thursday is brought to you by TabletopJournal.com. For more than nine years now, Tabletop Journal has been covering the food service and hospitality industry, all the while raising the awareness of just how important Tabletop is to the overall guest dining experience. If you haven't signed up for Tabletop Journal's bi-monthly newsletter, it's simple and easy, and it's free. Simply go to tabletopjournalnewsletter.com. Now, back to our podcast. Welcome back, everybody,
1: and it's great to have Michael and Becky Lee with us. They are great folks that are going to open up a brand new wine bar in a place called New Haven, Missouri. And that's probably not at the top of everybody's list of places to visit just yet, but it seems like it might be. But before we go any further, in the break, Becky, you mentioned that we haven't even said the name of the wine bar yet. So what is the name of the wine bar going to be? And tell us all about it.
3: Thank you. It's Wolf and Fairy.
1: Wolf and Fairy.
3: Wolf and Fairy Wine Bar. And when we were going through our process of, you know, what we wanted to name it, one of the finals was Olive and Main Wine Bar. So Olive and Main are the cross streets currently. And then Michael's dad said, wait a second, what are your thoughts on going back to the original road names? And we're like, well, we don't know what the original roads were named. (laughs) So... Wolf and Ferry were the two roads, and we liked it. It sounded better, and we just liked the history, and so that's the name.
5: That's cool. Yeah. Well, again, Michael give
1: you that story you started off with, that long legacy story. This really plays into that really well, and I love that, that authenticity and the heritage and the lineage that you both are linking to. It's, it's really uh, – there's a great story there for sure.
2: So here we are. You're at this point where things are moving forward at breakneck speed, what <laughs> the challenges have you seen, or what what kind of details are you are you are you addressing at the, at the at the moment?
4: I think the challenges have been that there's always the obvious. Obviously, we're not there physically there, so that's a challenge. But Becky and I, we really do try to not dwell on that because I think if you, it's an obvious thing. So it's one of those things where it's obvious. So if you're going to think about it all the time, it's not going to go anywhere because we're not moving. So we decided that we're just not going to focus on it in a way where it just becomes we're not there, so this is why this is not working, or we're not there, so this is why this is not happening, or we're not there, so you know these things won't happen. So we kind of look at it as we're not there, that is what it is right now, and that's for right now, but what can we do to make this successful and not let not being there become not just your blame, but the scapegoat for why things go wrong or why things could go wrong. So we've just done it like, I mean, you know, I'm in business planning. So we we do the traditional things. We've built a business, an actual business plan, you know, Becky's in marketing. So she's doing the marketing plan. Uh, we're really trying to tap into our skill sets we have uh, to kind of get us going. And it has helped. And I think being far away though, actually is more of a blessing because I feel like if we were closer and we have our other businesses still going, we would just walk over there and like, Oh yeah, this is, looks good. Let's do that. But I think because we're not there, you actually, we have to have a plan. We have to have a business plan. We have to have, be very structured. When we go back in a couple of weeks, we already have out, you know, what we're going to do. We have appointments set. We're going to go by, you know, we're working on our permits and licensing. We have all this stuff. So it actually has been a little more, I think, efficient and we're finding things out because we have to be a little more disciplined. So <laughs> uh, I think it's it fits into my personality, oh my Lord, so it's a win win. It's win win for You're me. So so.
2: Well, we keep on we keep we keep on hearing about how uh, second tier and smaller towns around the country are now attracting restaurateurs, operators, and chefs because they have a market and it's much cheaper to get up and running and. I'm wondering if that's uh, uh, an aspect of what's going on in your in your area. I don't know if you care to comment, but do you, uh, do you want to comment about what kind of budget you're working with? What does it take to open up a wine bar in New Haven, Missouri?
3: I you know, it's funny that you asked that question because we I hate talking about money. I'll just, I just I just do and it's a necessary evil. <laughs> yeah, it's part yeah, and it's part of Michael's business, so he talks about it all the time. But when the reporter called the initial reporter called me and she asked the same question. And I was like, um, so in California, I mean like all the articles always have how much people spend on projects, right? Like it's just normal, but I'm like, how is it in Missouri? Cause I feel like it could be a different culture or type of conversation. She's like, Oh no, we always ask that. People always tell us. I was like, okay. So we budgeted 150,000 to invest in the project.
4: Mm -hmm. And, it is. I mean, it it's a smaller town. And so you, I think part of why this interests us is it's, I mean, to do business in California, it is California pricing. So you're, you take that you probably multiply that times three or four times for oh. the same concept. It's not because you're doing anything different. It's just Cost. the price or di- the prices are different out here. So
3: on well, our last trip that we took to Missouri, his parents were not there. And normally we'll do like lunch at their house and we'll go and do dinner at their house. And We realized this last trip, like, there's not a a whole lot of options to go out to eat in downtown New Haven. And so that, again, was just uh, another solidification of, like, how important it is for us to have food along with our wine so that the town has options.
2: Well, so two questions. Uh, number one, in, your, in, you know, in this growing, burgeoning little area, how easy is it to work with the, the folks there? I mean, are the municipalities and the government you know, helping out? Or is it easy to get your permits, your liquor license? And then secondly, who are going to be your guests? Is it going to be people from around that area or is it, is it easy to attract people from St. Louis and other, other metro areas?
3: We ultimately want to be a part of the conversation surrounding tourism, right? Because there's, that's really, it's a historic downtown, other businesses are wanting to do the same. So I think collectively working together will be very important for all of us. But we also want to, you know, make sure that the locals have something that is exciting for them, that they feel comfortable, really a place to gather and for people to connect, whether if they're from the town or out of town. But I think tourism is gonna to play a significant role and hopefully New Haven will become a well-known stop on the destination, either between Washington and Herman or as a standalone.
5: Are there many bed and breakfasts in the town? Or
3: well, mm. <laughs> we always stay at the Central Hotel, which is they have they have a lot of bed and breakfasts actually in the oh, really? oh, yeah, in the area. We always stay at the Central Hotel, though. We feel like family there. Jeannie, she's the innkeep, and she's literally like family.
5: How big is the building that you've got? Is it multiple stories?
3: Oh, no.
4: No, the, the building is actually the overall, the total size of the, the building the family is over 7,000 square feet. However, we're only using about 3,500 square feet of the building, and it's, it's the one that's on this, that is parallel to the uh, Missouri River. Uh, it's the closest part of it. So, and to answer your question... Greg about the local reception or local, you know, the town and it's again it's it's just so different coming from or even and where we live it's a big town but you still know everybody but in New Haven it's just different you I mean the the one city hall is actually right next to our building so we just have to walk a couple yards you know down the sidewalk and we're in city hall and our contractor Gary Williman Williman so I don't want to butcher his name. He's been working on stuff for our family since my parents moved out there four or five ago. He restored the house that they're living in now to the original state of the 1800s. So he's working on this project now. And I remember last trip we were out there a couple of weeks ago. We They're doing some they're doing a lot of work. And I went down to the basement and a couple of contractors, I've never met them before. They're local, a local gentleman, but they're down there working. And I just went down there to thank them because they're, you know, one, it's just middle of winter in the Midwest <laughs> is never fun to be in a basement, yeah. but I worked away and I said, thank you for just doing this. And, and they were, they said, thank you to me for this opportunity. And so I think it, and it goes back to kind of what you gentlemen are talking about is it's more than just a wine bar or more than just a restaurant. It's something that there is meaning behind it. You know, when I tell them the stories about this, it was the general store in town. Everybody knows that was the original general store. Wow, And so it's just the reception. So it makes a lot of these things, like you were talking about the distance. It actually is because you have people there that want to be there that are working. They're sending us pictures every day. Yeah,
3: we have a great team. so I mean, we're very
4: fortunate. it really, I think it would be a lot different, Jay, like you're talking about, if we were doing this in a big city somewhere else in yep. another state, I don't think we would have this success already. I, I know that for
5: sure. Yep, I agree with it,
4: 100%. And it's funny because we didn't think of it that way when we did this. Like anybody, we're like, this is an opportunity. We want to do something. And like when you do these, you take these risks and chances you don't really know, but now we're getting into it a couple of months. It's really paying off that it is a New Haven because people want this just as much as we do. So' it's, it's like what you're, what you're saying, Dave, is we're all coming together for a greater thing than it's just what Becky and I are doing or what New Haven's doing or what Wolfram Ferry is. It's a bigger thing than just individually by itself.
1: I think the 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 appeal of small town America and knowing your neighbors, and saying hi to people and you know being within walking distance of the city hall, those kinds of things. I think that appeal was there pre-pandemic. But I think now, the pandemic, the COVID situation has actually accelerated that or brought it to a higher level of awareness and just knowing who your next door neighbor is and being connecting with people. And and in the culinary community, I think Greg mentioned it earlier about chefs and things. I I think sommeliers and and chefs and and people have moved away. You don't always have to start your career in Chicago or New York or San Francisco or whatever. You can can really do a great job. And I'm guessing that if you have a, an agricultural area that can grow grapes like Missouri evidently can, there's probably a heck of a lot of other vegetables and, and great food being grown right there around you as well. So my guess is when you get ready to open, uh, you're going to have a great number of applicants to work with you for, that, for those kinds of reasons, both culinary people, uh, wine people, and just people in general, the coolness of a wine bar in a little town of 2,000 people or whatever. I, I see it happening where I grew up on the coast of Maine in a very small town. And I see it happening right before our eyes in, in, a, in a place called Ellsworth, Maine. Uh, you've got some of the best meals or whatever in these old buildings that used to be diners that they've renovated now. And uh, they use a term that I never thought of about recycling buildings. And that's a, a, essentially what you all are doing. Mm-hmm. So that appeal, that that appeal is that lifestyle appeal is really is really strong right now. I think it's great.
3: We were originally so I'm agreeing with your statement, and we were originally going to be married in New Haven, Missouri, but the pandemic hit, so we changed our plans, and ended up getting married at our favorite winery in Lodi, and our friends. So it was going to be a very small wedding, but our friends were so excited to fly out to New Haven because we talk about it all the time, right? So they mm-hmm. could not wait. To go and experience all that New Haven has to offer. So then when we moved our wedding, they were, you know, bummed, but at the same rate now with the wine bar, pretty much everyone that we've talked to is like, now we get to go to New Haven for your grand opening. When you open the wine bar, this is perfect, you know, so they're really excited to to come out. And I think it, to your point, it is that small town draw that they're really wanting to experience.
2: Dave mentioned the differences in the changes taking place because of, pand- you know, pandemic. And it's like, you know, drilling down to your situation, we've seen across the country that municipalities are, are, are relaxing rules, you know, that make it easier for people to, to, to start operations and to um, make a profit, you know. So now we have drinks to go. Cocktails to go, easier permitting, easier liquor licenses around the country. Of course, you know, uh, outside dining. So there's a lot, you know, thing. There's a lot going on in your favor, and I guess I'd mention that so that uh, you know, other people that are thinking about doing something similar can do it. No, so you folks. So you know, you're eventually going to get to the point where you know you're going to have to get food service distributors getting food into the place, getting uh, smallwares, tabletop items which is close to our DNA. So how is that all going to happen? Are you doing research now about uh, distribution and where and, and who are you reaching out to and who can help you?
4: We have a, a good friend or a local couple in New Haven. I'll give them, a, they'll probably hate me if I say their name, but it doesn't <laughs> matter. So Brad, Brad and Lauren Zobris, and their family's been in New Haven just as long as I think the, the Granamans or the Maupins. And they've done a lot for the for the town and they really supported donald have that same thinking and brad and lauren are our age and they have uh, brad just opened a building or a business in one of his buildings in new haven right across from the central hotel called Sea coffee obviously they've had a lot of connections so we've used again going back to what we said in the beginning kind of use the local people because they know because it's different we don't want to get a distributor from california or try to figure out how to fit california into missouri or new haven so we kind of gone the route of asking them and he's connected us with local distributors or at least pointed us the right direction to get pricing cuz again it's it's amazing through this process though and we love California but it's amazing how one piece of the same piece of equipment it could cost one price in California but completely different in Missouri and it's the same exact equipment you know the same piece of equipment or the same
2: the same stemware the same stemware right Jay Yeah <laughs> it really is
4: I mean Becky and I, we ordered some food from a distributor just to kind of start to get some ideas, to do some small tasting, to get some ideas, to do some pricing, to kind of for our business plan. So we kind of have a rough idea of what it would cost or what it would be. And we did this little exercise. So we decided we, when we originally filled out the shipping, it was going to come, we had it shipping to Missouri and it was coming actually from Pennsylvania, bakery in Pennsylvania. And the shipping was only like 90 bucks. However, we had to have it shipped to California cuz we we're not in Missouri at that time, so we had it shipped here and it was over $400-$500 just for the shipping. So it's amazing, you know, oh, serious donuts. Yeah, right? <laughs> I know I, thought, I was like these things are got to be Gold. golden. It's hard because you want to you want to think that it's easy to do and you can just do it, but you have to be very careful. It goes back to, you know, to making sure you can make money and you can make a profit cuz we want this thing to continue on. We don't want it just yeah. I'll only be open for six months, so it's been going back to the local. And Brad and Lauren have been really helpful because been, they've been they own restaurants in downtown New Haven, or they're the more the landlords, so they really do have those local ties or connections. That's been very helpful for us just to get even an idea of what you know it would be cost. Because if we apply California pricing, you know we, we would think it costs millions of dollars to open up the same concept we're doing in Missouri. What so. kind
5: of menu will you have? How extensive will it be?
3: Well, so to start, I mean, our main focus really is wine. And then we also were informed that we need to have beer if we want the women to come with their husbands. So we're going to start out with a more simplistic menu.
5: Like a tapas menu?
3: Yeah. So I think we have three, six, nine items on the menu to start, mostly because we want it to be, again, something that people will... Choose to order, have a few options, not so many that it's overwhelming for them or for us. Yeah. So um, we're doing artisan pizza, uh, chicken pot pie, which I'm excited about. (laughs)
5: There you go.
3: And I want to, I can't remember the others. Those are the two main things.
4: Don't miss meatloaf. I know. I know. know. It's interesting. We were, I know you both of you guys are, all you gentlemen are in this industry and probably seen it go ups and downs over your your time being in it. And we were, we had to go to uh, out of town for some family stuff uh, this past weekend. And we were, we had to fly. And so we were coming home yesterday in the airport and we went to this brewery to to, um, get some food before we get on the plane. And we were talking to the server and, we were going, just talking about what we're doing. We're opening a lot because we talked to everybody again. We don't mind. We'll talk to everybody. We were asking about how he rolled his napkins and how they did it because we wanted to know how yeah. they do it with the silverware, what people prefer because we just ask everybody. We have no shame. And, but led us to talking to him and he says they actually just changed their menu during COVID because they used to serve steaks and more high end stuff. And he said they had to change their menu because one, it wasn't any, it was interesting because it wasn't because of the cost it's just because people wanted the simple comfort things right now, what's going on. So they went back to chicken wings, burgers, you know, pretzel, a big giant, one of those giant, you know, type pretzels. And he says they're, they're doing great because people are going back to, they want the comfort. I don't remember exactly, but it wasn't, he said it wasn't just because it was a cost thing. It was just what people wanted right now. So it's, we're trying to listen, even though we're not seeing that, because you're probably going to have a fairly good selection of cheeses. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah we'll have
3: uh, charcuterie boards. And right now, I'm doing a lot of research from like the St. Louis area. And I mean, I would love to be even more local than even St. Louis, but mm-hmm. the gentleman that I've spoken to out there so far has said it's St. Louis is probably my best bet or our best bet. Yep. Again, I'm heavy in the research phase on on that.
5: Yeah, cheese is—I think it's pretty easy as long as you don't get too crazy with it. You mm-hmm. know. So here's the big
1: question: the Wolf and Ferry Wine Bar in New Haven, Missouri. When is the projected opening date?
3: Dave, that
1: was a big pause.
3: Islands do the heavy lifting. No, we're um, shooting for the summer.
4: Okay,
1: cool. cool. Yeah, so, yeah, so yeah. it's not far away. Is the point?
4: No. no, we haven't nailed down an exact date, but we're shooting for midsummer. One of it is it's it's the easier, it's a great time for us to be out there because we want to be out there for a longer period of time at the especially in the beginning. We don't want to go out there for a couple of days. We want to spend a couple of weeks yeah. at a time out there every day in the place, you know, kind of setting that what we want it to be so people really get a feel of it from us personally being there in person and it's easy for our kids to be out there in the summertime because they're not in school even though they're technically not in, physically <laughs> in school right now, but they're completely out of school and And a lot of it also is just a lot of the major events for this town are starting in the fall. At least they are projected to come back this fall to be back open. So we wanna wanna have yeah, they have
3: their first main event in May called Miller's Landing. We won't be open by then, but we obviously are going to have signage up in the restaurant windows so that people can start following us on social media, hopefully signing up for our newsletter from our landing page because our website won't be built out until we open.
5: I think one of the things you got to be, I mean, you guys have have got it figured out already, but you know, as a supplier to the industry, one of the things that I would say, especially what what you're doing, and I can envision what it's going to look like in the little town, don't do it before you're really ready, because everybody tries to jump and get the cash flow going. But there's one really important thing: you only you only get one chance to make a first impression, hmm. and the first impression of your restaurant and our operation wine bar that's going to be massive. And yep. the minute that they do it, because I'm, I'm I'm an old guy, I'm the oldest guy in the group here. So social media, I mean, I'm, David tried to pull he's my re- he's, he is really old too. <laughs> he tried to strip me of my flip phone, and like we almost got into a. a my dad still has a flip phone. Yeah. But but, it, but what happens, you know, the minute that they open or anybody goes there, they're going to immediately come out and you're going to start to get reviewed on social media. So yep. you, there's no a little bit of extra money people make sometimes by opening up too early. It can really kill them in the end.
3: Well, my cousin runs a really high end restaurant in San Francisco. So we've leaned heavily on him, too. And he was like, "Hey, Michael, Becky, you can have the best food on the planet. You can have killer wine list. It's like if your servers and your staff are terrible, you will go under.
5: That's great. He's, he's exactly right.
3: Yeah. So that's I mean, for us, it's like we will be patient in that effort, because to your point, we don't want to open, you know, like you said, you have one chance to make a favorable first impression. And we don't want it to be something that isn't what we've envisioned for the space that we're working on well, a team
5: Yeah, we talk talk about all kinds of things in our business. One of the things Dave keeps talking about is trust. And the word trust, in my mind, you can apply it to all kinds of stuff. So when you say, well, how does that apply to our wine bar? Well, people trust when they go back there. It's going to be exactly the experience they had when they first went there. Yeah. Right. Any restaurant that can duplicate that. I mean, I think sometimes people get caught up with like, well, I haven't changed my menu in years. That can be, I guess, you could view that as maybe a challenge or not. But like me, when we go to restaurants, because I'm in the business, so we can – my company yells at me sometimes when I don't spend enough money, so we'll all come down, I'll pick up the check, and we'll spend a lot of money in your wine bar feeding these two guys, right? But, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, most, I mean, I go to places because I know it's going to be consistent. And if they do put something new on a menu, I'll know that they've already tested it. It's not going to be a, a shot in the dark. It's going to be, you'll, you'll come away with the same good feeling and that same experience, and that's why we all go out. It's like somebody told me one day, they said, you know, Jason, do you know that people don't go to bars? I go, what are you talking about? Plus they go to bars. He's, I, they, he said, "No, they don't. They don't go to bars. They go to visit bartenders." Hmm. If you think about that for a minute; it's a little scary. They go for the experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the restaurant end of it, especially one like yours, because I mean, wine bars are a little bit—you are expecting something to be just maybe a little different because it's so specialized, you know. But you guys are going to—you guys are going to do great. You're going to do great.
3: Well, thank you. you really yeah, we're even talking about you know when we go to the different wine bars or small restaurants that we've visited over the years, you know, what, what do we like about them and why do we like it? And so that was really kind of the genesis of our experience of what, you know, when we did the layout of the restaurant and just, again, even we haven't, we haven't purchased our glassware yet. So I would love to talk to you guys more about it after this to really get a handle on what that looks like. Cause I think it is critical to make sure that we have (coughs) that selected properly, especially since it's for wine. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. <laughs> I have to say this has been unbelievable. I've learned so much in the in our discussion here. First of all, I learned about met some really nice people, Absolutely. and I've learned about the challenges that people might have opening a wine bar remotely. I've learned a little bit about uh, the state of Missouri and how I, Greg was great about telling us about the the wine heritage of Missouri. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to it. And I'm sure the people in and around New Haven are and maybe maybe even in St. Louis. So you get some drive outside. How far again is it? It's
3: about an hour from St. Louis. An hour,
1: 15
4: minutes. Oh,
5: that's
4: not bad. Great. That's a great distance. Easy drive. I mean, compared yep. to California, for us, it is. a we love the drive. It's beautiful, especially in the springtime when everything is green. It's easy. Awesome.
3: Yeah. It's calming. Awesome. <laughs>
1: well, what is there anything else? Becky and Michael, that you want to tell us about the Wolf and Ferry Wine Bar and its opening in the middle of the summer, maybe a little later in the summer, or whatever. Because everything generally takes a little longer, whatever. Right. Than you think. But, but anything else that that our listeners ought to know?
3: I mean, huh? I just think if they're ever in Missouri, they should come visit us. But we're, just, I mean, we feel very fortunate to have the community so supportive and the team that we have working with us, and we appreciate you guys having us on your show today. And we're looking forward to the future.
1: I think the story that you have of heritage and lineage and uh, connection to the community and doing it all for the right reasons, I have a feeling whether it's a wine bar or a restaurant or some other type of consumer-facing uh, venture that you'd put in that building, I have a feeling that you both will be very, very successful, no matter what
5: it was.
4: Thank you, Dave. Well, thank you. Thank you, both. thank you, everyone. Yeah, thank you all. David <laughs>
5: forgot one of the most important things he learned from Michael and me. French people have big families. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, there's
1: a lot of fun going on in those french
5: families i guess
1: Sorry. they
4: they drink their wine and they have merry time, so. times. so merry
1: times merry times
4: Jean Claude, we're back
1: <laughs> guys thank you very much we really appreciate it all the very best of luck to you and you. we'll circle back around with you after you open up and find out how it's going how about that Perfect. Great. that sounds thank great you so thank much. you every,
4: thank you everyone
1: Everybody, hold on one second. I wanted to give it one more time because we didn't do it any justice in the beginning. The Wolf and Fairy Wine Bar, where can they find out more? Where can people go to find out more information about that?
3: Well, you can go on our website, which right now is really a landing page, wolfandfairy.com, all spelled out, and fairies, F-E-R-R-Y. And then we have an Instagram and Facebook both of which are
1: Wolf and Fairy. And by the way, I did go to the Facebook and the Instagram. There's some awesome pictures. If you want to see a work, a great work in progress of a, the behind-the-scenes kind of thing on how to open up a wine bar, go to the Wolf and Fairy Wine Bar Facebook page. Great images, and I think you put up some last week, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah,
3: I'll post more.
1: <laughs> post more, always. Thanks again. Becky and Michael Lee. Thank you. Thank you. Wine Bar, New Haven, Missouri.
0: This episode of Every Other Thursday has been brought to you by TabletopJournal.com. For more than nine years, Tabletop Journal has been covering the global food service and hospitality industry, all the while raising the awareness of just how important tabletop is to the overall guest dining experience. Tabletopjournal.com, where we celebrate the products, the people, and the places all in the world of hospitality tabletop. You can learn more about Every Other Thursday by visiting our website, everyotherthursdaypodcast.com. Thanks for joining us today for this episode of Every Other Thursday.